Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. As we continue on in the series we're doing called Interacting Well, uh, this is our third week into the series. This series, we just finished a series called Developing Well, which was about the Beatitudes, which sprung out of a series about do you want to get well, and uh, which is a question Jesus asked, which is such a great question. And having said yes to that question, we looked at the Beatitudes, which is us, you know, cooperating with the Holy Spirit to grow in the Lord. And now from there, uh, at the end of the Beatitudes, in that same chapter, Matthew 5, it talks about uh, being salt and light as we develop. We're to be salt and light in the world. And I, I just thought it was a great picture of, of interacting in the world and that um, that interaction is, is important. Our interaction with God and our interaction with others is really what this series is all about. And we're, we're looking at the, the verses where the great commandment verses to love God uh, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love your neighbors yourself. And so the, the message is sort of grounded in those things. And we're, we're kind of breaking down those verses and, and looking at them a little bit at a time. Uh, over the last two weeks, we've talked about loving uh, God with all our heart. And then last week, we talked about loving God with all our soul. Today, we're going to talk about loving God with all our mind. With all our mind. I think it's a, a very interesting topic I'm going to get you started uh, here with some, some mind humor about the philosopher, Rene Descartes. Rene Descartes walks into a Burger King. The counterperson asks him if he would like a Whopper. I think not, he replies. And then he disappears. That's Rene Descartes humor. That's really funny. But I probably have to explain it, don't I? Okay, I'll give you a little hint about that. Rene Descartes is the philosopher who said, I think, therefore I am. Now the joke, I think not, on the Whopper, and then he disappeared. Okay. Wow, that was really bad. I had so much hope for that joke. <laughs> wow, okay. Well, fortunately, I got another one. This might be easier. <laughs> Anything's going to be easier than that. A couple driving to Disney World see signs for the nearby town of Kissimmee. And being unfamiliar with the area, they're debating on how you say it. Is it, is it Kissimmee? Is it Kissimmee? Is it, you know, Kissimmee? What is it? What in the world could it be? And, and they're talking about it, and they sort of have an argument over it. So they decide when they get to the town, they're going to ask one of the locals how to say it. And so they pulled into a fast food place, uh, and they, they sort of walk inside. And, and they go up to the counter, and the guy says, look, I know this may sound like an unusual request, but could you please very slowly and distinctly tell us where we are. And the counter person looks at him and says, Burger King. Say that? No. Seriously? I think not, and he disappears? Nothing. Burger King. Ah. Scripture reading. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And blessed be the word of the Lord. The greatest commandment verses we're talking about, Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. 
and with all your strength. And that's, the, that's where we're at uh, in, in these weeks. As I said, we talked about loving God with all our heart, and our heart's sort of the control panel. Last week, we talked about loving God with all our soul, and that's our, our personality and our emotion. And I said how it's like, you know, why I love the Psalms so much is they're a book of the soul, and they, it's the good and the bad and everything in there, and we're to love God with it all. And, and today, I want to talk about loving God with all our mind. And so that's point number one in your notes. How can I love God with all my mind? How can I love God with all my mind? The, the human mind um, is an amazing thing. It's a gift from God that's capable of so many things, and yet God tells us that it needs to be made new. As amazing as it is, God tells us in His Word that it needs to be made new. The reason for that is the effects of the fall and sin and the brokenness of the world and, and, and everything that we deal with all these things have filtered into our minds, and so they need to be renewed by the Spirit. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So like so many things that we, we, we deal with and struggle with, like our hearts needed to be, you know, we needed the spiritual heart transplant, and, and, and God needs to work in our souls. Our minds are the same thing. In order to love Him with all our mind, it's going to take um, movement into our lives by the Holy Spirit because some things have to be sort of recalibrated in our minds. And, and we fight this dynamic where our culture has actually become very opposed to, to like critical thinking, to deeply thinking and looking at things. And, and we've been taught around that sort of thought that, that rather than there being an absolute truth, that we can determine our own truth and that everyone else can have their own truth as well. And, and the sentiment is kind of like, well, what's true for you is not true for me, but that's okay because we can all have our own truth. The problem with that is, is that, that it's not true. That's a, that's a big problem. It's a big issue. Because there is an absolute truth in the world. And, and, and it's important that we know that truth. But our culture, and I find this fascinating, often labels people who live as followers of Christ as anti-intellectual. We get, we get portrayed all the time as being not very bright or being simple-minded in the process. And, and sometimes we even buy into that or encourage that thinking, I think, by saying that things like, you know, well, faith isn't intended to be logical or don't try and understand with your mind, just believe. And yet, I would suggest to you as we, as we talk about this that the good news that we're ambassadors of, um, the message of the Bible, the cross, salvation, is sound, it's consistent, it's logical, and it's true. Not just because I say so or other people say so, because it's real, it's knowable, and it's something that you can understand in your mind. It's not a leap of faith into the unknown. It's logical, reasonable, consistent system of truth based on eyewitness testimony. That's, that's absolute truth. And, and so, you know, we, we talk about faith, and, and there is, you know, a faith involved in our walk, and yet... When, when we're talking about knowing what we know and, and looking at that, our good news is, is, is logical, reasonable, consistent, provable, based on eyewitness testimony. And so that's a very significant thing uh, in the process. Um, 
because sometimes I think, I talk to people all the time like this, that, that somehow, as believers, that God expects us to check our minds at the door. And I want to encourage you, that's the farthest thing that could be um, between you and God in your relationship. That is not what he wants you to do. He wants you to come in with your, with your mind fully engaged. And that's point number two. I need to engage my mind in my relationship with God. I need to engage my mind in my relationship with God. Um, and, and he actually invites you into this type of relationship. Isaiah 118 says this, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. But he invites us into reasoning with him because, see, he wants our minds to be a place of love for him. He does not want you to check your mind at the door when you enter into his presence. That is not your, a requirement. Although sometimes we've sort of heard that's what it looks like, where we have to, you know, put our conditions around. I, I, I promise you that if you engage fully your mind in your relationship with God, and anytime you have questions, if you'll just investigate the questions, God, because he is true uh, and truth, you, you're going to find your way back to the process. And, and that's something that you need to engage in. Um, all the time. I, I've had discussions with people who, who it's funny, who love to come here, but they, they consider themselves intellectual, and they think, you know, I love to come here, but I don't have to believe all that stuff, right? And I look at them and say, well, what do you mean? Well, I can't believe some of that stuff. I said, okay, what, like what? And he said, well, you know, like, uh, like a, you know, a, a fish swallowing a guy, or an ark being built that holds all the animals. I can't, I can't believe those are, those are just stories. I can't believe. I said, okay, well, that's fine. Um, if, you, if you're comfortable coming, you enjoy yourself, yeah, well, you keep, keep coming, and let's see what happens with all that. Um, and, and those things, you know, you, there's, <laughs> the Bible's real, and we'll talk about that and how we can know that. And so, so these things are things that we can hang on to and believe in, and we don't have to go, well, it's just God, you know, and, um, you know, that's, that's something we can't understand, when really we can understand and reason with him and, and, and understand what truth really looks like. So he wants us to do that so that our minds are also, as I said, a, a way that we love him. So how do we do that? How do we engage our mind with God? What's the process? We, and, and we have to determine that we want truth uh, and that we'll pursue truth, real truth, even though it takes some effort on our part. And that pursuit really takes place with the Bible. Uh, and so we, we have the Bible, the Word of God, and we need to read it. You know, you're, I'm always telling you to do that and to study it. Um, we need to wrestle with it. We need to apply it. We need to be challenged by it. When, when, it, when we don't understand it or agree it, we need to plug in even harder and figure out what's going on because we're to engage it with our mind. And, and see, God wants to change us by his truth and his power. And they work together. The Holy Spirit comes and he's, he's empowering us to change, but our minds have to be renewed by the Spirit so that that whole process takes place in our lives. And, and so it's, it's little things, see, that we, we have to get our mind engaged for. They're really not little things. They're, they're big things, but... Um, like often in, in the world uh, and in the culture, um, we're, we're told things um, that, that sort of somehow sink into uh, who we are and impact us our entire lives. Um, and and it's, it's because the world's broken. And oftentimes, you know, when we're, when we're younger and we're, we're growing up, people who have a measure of authority in our lives because they're broken will sometimes say things to us you know, in the heat of their own mess or whatever's going on or in their frustration, and they say things to us that, that can sink in and, and impact us forever. Things like um, people are told, you know, kids all the time, they're, they're worthless, 
that they're not good enough, um, that they're, they're, you know, that they're stupid or that they're hopeless or that they're unforgivable and that nobody really cares about them or, or that, you know, that, that they're all alone or whatever. And, and all those things can impact us. See, they come in and they, they start to settle in us. But the, the Bible says this about you. God says this about you in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. And he's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We're God's masterpiece. I use that translation because they, they use that word there. Um, in, in a lot of the translations, it's workmanship, um, which is, is valid, but you, you miss the point from the, the actual word there in the Greek is poema. And I love the word poema because that makes you think of poem, which you should. Because um, that's where the word comes from. You're God's poema. You're his work of art. You're his masterpiece. He created you. You are, you are um, everything to him. He loves you. Um, you. You are not any of those things that have been whispered to you uh, in the brokenness of the world that you're not good enough or you're, you're worthless or you're, not, you're, you're hopeless or you're unforgivable, you're not lovable, whatever. All those things are lies. But God says, you are my work of art. You're my masterpiece. You're my poema. You're my, and, and see that so we have to determine which is true. And it's, it's really important that you determine which is true. All those other things that were told to you or what God has to say to you about who you are because it will impact you significantly. So if you live your life based on those lies that were told to you, which a lot of people do, you, you, you won't make good choices. You'll settle for all sorts of things. You'll, you'll buy into it and it will impact the way that you live. But, uh, but see, there's, like, I'm, there's a little song. If you've, if you've been in the church for any length of time, even if you haven't been in the church, you probably heard this song. Um, it, and it, I won't sing it that well, but um, I'll sing it anyway. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So I know Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. But here's where we get, um, it gets pointed out at that point that we're using circular reasoning, see? Because well, Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. And then the question is, well, how do you know the Bible's true? You ever heard that before? You ever thought that? Pretty good, reasonable question. How do you know that the Bible really is the Word of God? Because I say so. No. <laughs> um, because you have to accept it by faith. No, that's not true either. The reality is the, the Bible is true and the Bible is the Word of God and it can be something that you can absolutely know by investigation. How about that? It can actually be proven to be everything that I just said it was. And, and yet you will hear all the time people who say that the Bible isn't reliable and that it's filled with mistakes and inconsistencies. And, and I would challenge you that people that say that have never really fully investigated it because it's not true. There, there are things, if you take them at, without digging into it, might seem to be inconsistent, but when you dig into them in, a, in, a, in, a, in an investigative way, they absolutely bear out to be true. And so we have to engage our minds and do our own investigation, uh, and if we do, you will find more than enough evidence to prove the reliability, reliability, well, I can't say reliability. I just did, but that's like Worcestershire. 
reliability of the Bible. Unfortunately, many people just settle for what they hear, and then they repeat it as though it's the absolute truth, and it's not. And, and so you have to investigate for yourself. A lot of people believe stuff because someone says, well, this is what's in the Bible, and they never find it, and they, they believe it. And, and, and there's a lot of things that people say that are in the Bible that aren't in the Bible. And there's a lot of things that are in the Bible that people haven't a clue about that they need to go and find out in the Bible. Like, uh, you know, God helps those who helps themselves. You ever heard that? It's not in the book. It's not Bible. But some people would go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's no, It's like opposite of what's in there. But it sounds good because we're, we're broken. There's a lot of stuff like that. But see, we have to investigate for ourselves uh, in the process. And, and I would even say this, if you don't believe that this book is true, what I want to do is encourage you to engage your minds and do some investigating. And, and so in order to help that, I'm, I'm doing something today, um, and you can get them after you want, and there's two ways to get these. We're giving away some free books today. Uh, and this book is called Gravity. It's a little tiny book. And actually, the guy who wrote it, Mike Edwards, um, he comes to church here in the season. He's a really good guy. He wrote this book. And I'm going to invite him in on a Wednesday on the 26th to talk. He's going to do a little talk on a Wednesday night on the assault on truth. So uh, if you're interested, I want you to read this, and then you can come and do that. But you can either pick one of these up, and, you know, if, you, if you're a couple, just take one, if you would. Um, it's a quick read. Or you can download them for free on Kindle or iTunes, and the, the link is in the bulletin. All right, and so if you read stuff on there, just go get a free one and download it and read it that way, or you can take one of these. Um, but this is a simple little book. It's a real quick read, but it's filled with information that will help you in investigating whether or not the Bible is true. Because once you can settle that the Bible is true, if you haven't already in your mind, in more than a leap of faith, it's true, um, it, it then begins to impact you in a lot of other ways. And, and, and see, then the Word of God um, has the ability to transform you. Uh, with verses like this, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Psalm 119. I love Psalm 119. It's a great big long psalm. 17 through 24. Do good to your servant, and I will live. I will obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. That word Torah means teaching. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are cursed and who stray from your commands. Remove from me scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are to my delight. They are my counselors. I love the psalm. It tells us that there's wonderful things in the word of God, in the teachings of God, and that truth that can change us forever is contained in here. And empowered by His Spirit, then we can be transformed by His truth. And one of the things you should always do when you sit down and read the Bible, I like that little prayer that's right there, Lord, would you open my eyes so that I can see? And he, He's good about answering those prayers. He's really good about that stuff. Open my eyes, Lord, so I can see the wonderful words, the wonderful teachings in your Word and how it applies to me. Lord, open my eyes so I can see today. I don't want to just read it for the sake of reading it. Lord, I want it to speak to me from you, to change me. So that's a big part of, of loving God with all our mind is, is this transformation process. Now, along the way, we've got to do the third thing, too. 
which is we need to learn to take every thought captive. Every thought captive. Um, and, and so we, we have to deal um, in this process with lies and pretensions. And there are a lot of those things that exist that, that are, are trying to argue with us in our pursuit of God and in who God is. Anybody have random thoughts in your mind? Ever? Isn't it fa- the, isn't the mind fascinating how you can be doing one thing and all of a sudden your mind can take off in a completely different direction? Isn't that wild? And, and I, I don't know about your, I guess, see, nobody really knows anybody else's mind, but my mind will go all sorts of directions. I mean, I have to really, you know, focus in and dial in, and, and it's, it's doing this whole process is taking every thought captive. See, because some thoughts aren't worth thinking through. Some thoughts need to be let go of. And, and that's the process. Because there's some, because I get some weird thoughts, you know, and weird, I get, sometimes people get all upset because they have some weird thoughts and then they think they've sinned. I always tell them, you know, thoughts aren't, that's just, that's, that's part of broken world stuff. It's if you act on them that it's an issue. But just having them, I mean, we, we all sort of get, that we have to deal with in the process. And so, so I love this verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Then he defines strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So it's, this, it's a wonderful set of verses. It says, look, we, we have um, now in, with the, the help of the Holy Spirit in us, in our pursuit of loving God with all that we are, right, heart, mind, soul, and strength, um, that we're coming towards him, and we, the mind is this, this fascinating thing that God has given us, and yet it's gotten messed up in the fall, and, and it, it's, our minds seem to have their own mind. Yeah. And, and uh, that was a really random thought. And I spoke it instead of just keeping it quiet. So, so our minds are, have all this stuff going on, and, and, and then there's these avenues, because they're still sort of broken in places, where we can get all sorts of messed up. And, and th- they need to be changed, transformed, uh, as we, we start taking thoughts captive. Um, I still realize, at, um, I'm 53 now, every once in a while I'll have a thought, and, and I, I'll track it back, and I'll think, why, why do I think that way about a certain thing? I get all sorts of other random thoughts too, but sometimes I'll have a thought or an opinion about something, and I'll think, well, you know, actually, I'm not, I wonder why I have that. I don't know if you ever do this. And I, I'll think it back, and it's, it's nestled in there from something I heard as a kid or something that I've never really processed through anymore. And, and I have to go back and rethink, well, why do I feel that way? You know, and do I still feel that way? And was it ever valid? And whose opinion was it if it's not really mine, and why did it get nestled in there the way it did? And, I, and so I have to challenge some of those things. I have to challenge some of the randomness that comes around into my, into my thinking and go, well, where's that, you know, what's that going to lead me to? Is that, is that something I should pursue, or should I just, you know, push that one away? And, and, and the culture's filled with false truths, and, and, and oftentimes we just assume them to be true. Uh, so many people assume everything they read on the Internet to be true. It shocks me sometimes. They'll just pass it through without checking it out. You know, there's websites called, like, trutherfiction.com and, and scopes. Is it scopes or snopes.com where somebody sends you something, you can check it out. And a lot of times that stuff's just not true, and yet we're so used to going, oh, it must be true. Um, that we just take it and pass it on, and stuff gets around there. Or, or we, you know, we start to, to like someone, we just take their opinion oftentimes as truth, and it could be way off. 
And, and we're, we shut down this critical thinking mechanism that we have, and we go, wait, wait, there's something that's not quite right about that. And, and we don't pursue it. So what we have to do is we have to ask God to help us to use our minds to constantly seek the truth. And, and we need to, to learn um, by him to be able to start telling the truth from error. And, and whenever you, you encounter some idea or concept that competes with what you believe, you don't have to close your mind to it. What you do is you ask Jesus to help you really understand it, and he will. It's fascinating that way. He will help you do it because he is ultimately the truth. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And, and so, so following Jesus is always about following and pursuing the truth, and, and it's about focusing in him you know, and on him with all that you are, heart, soul, mind, and strength. So I want to encourage you, don't, don't ever check your brain um, at the door to follow Jesus. He invites you to open and engage your mind fully as you follow him. And in fact, he, 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 he invites you, he says, reason with me, come in, because I want you to love me with all your mind as well. I don't, I don't want you to have to disengage that. I want it fully in. See, he wants to love us, that, that word all, it means that. He, he wants us to love him with our all. He, you know, they, they, the, the writer broke it down into those four things for us, and, and it was, you know, what Jesus said, heart, mind, soul, and strength. That encompasses really our all. He wants us all in. We talked last week, the good stuff, the bad stuff, everything that we have, um, you know, with all our heart and, and, and sort of all the control stuff going on, and now it's like, and, and fully engaged, your mind fully engaged to follow me. And so I want to encourage you, you know, if you, if you ever think that you have to shut stuff down, those, those things that, that are old, that are kind of stuck in you, investigate. Ask Jesus' help. Investigate fully. If you don't yet believe the book is true, start by reading this little book. I think it'll help you. Um, and, and, then, and then the book will have more impact on you um, because it's true and you can trust it. It's the word of God to us. And it's amazing the, uh, the uh, we have to read it, the, the, how, the, how we got it and how many manuscripts there are of it. And, and it's like no other book ever. Um, and and there's, there's so many proofs to it that uh, are just outstanding. Um, and yet sometimes we go, well, it just is. And, and, and no, there's, 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 it's provable. And so pursue it. Investigate it fully. Because knowing it's true will then impact everything that you do. Because you, once you're settled in the fact that it's true, then it will, it, you know, you'll just, okay, well, it's true. And so what it says is how we live. And we push into it that way. So... That's a pretty good uh, idea about loving God with all your mind. Consider those things. Come up in the intermission if you want. Grab a book or download one. and, and read. It's, a, it's a great little read. You'll, you'll hook right into it. I've been, I've been working through this with some of our young leaders, and they, they just they eat it right up. So um, take this and, and uh, go ahead and investigate anything you want. And then if you want on the 26th, so not this, February, not this Wednesday or the one after, but the, the following one. Um, the author is going to come and speak to us on Wednesday night. So if you'd like to be a part of that, that'll happen too. Okay, but that's it for tonight. If you're watching on television or video, thank you so much. We appreciate you doing that. You know how valuable your time is. And uh, so thank you for spending it with us. We'd love for you to come and visit sometime here at the Vineyard. Um, so go on the website. You can find out when we meet and where we are. If you need prayer, you can also send a prayer request from there, and we will pray for you.